Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about owning miscommunications. Kristen is a gifted colleague of mine. We were working together on a large project for a client. Our contact was the director of operations who had a communication style I called pinballing. He'd begin a sentence talking about a difficult direct report and end the sentence telling us about a process in the plant that needed refinement. Kristen and I would leave our meetings with him feeling we'd run a marathon uphill in the heat on an empty stomach. One particular goal-setting meeting with Michael, the pinballer, was especially difficult. But then Kristen did something that I often coach others to do, and it worked beautifully. Michael was talking about the services he wanted from us in the coming quarters. He was, as usual, barely touching on one item before bouncing to the next. I was scribbling notes as fast as I could in an effort to follow his thinking when Kristen began to shake her head ever so slightly while Michael was speaking. When he came to a natural pause, she spoke very slowly. "'Michael, I'm sorry,' she said, looking down at her notes. "'I think I missed something. "'When you were talking about the conflict resolution training, "'I completely missed who the participants for that class would be.' "'I didn't dare make eye contact with Kristen. "'We both knew Michael hadn't said a word "'about who the participants for that training would be, "'but he did now, and it was critically important information. "'In another few minutes, Kristen put her hand out on the table and said, "'Maybe this is a flaw in my thinking,' but I don't think mixing the coaching with the performance reviews is going to get you the results you want. Michael was quick to agree that, no, indeed, that was not a good plan, although he had suggested it just a minute earlier. What Kristen was doing with enormous success was taking responsibility for the communication, or the miscommunication. The two phrases that she used, I think I missed something, and maybe this is a flaw in my thinking, made any misunderstandings her doing. Her willingness to cast herself as the problem allowed Michael to clarify his thinkings without defensiveness. It was very effective. Here's a different story. Caroline, a client of mine, had accepted a transfer to a remote outpost with the understanding that the skills she would learn there over 12 or 18 months would allow her to return to a major production facility in a senior role. Four months into her remote posting, she was unable to see that she was learning anything new at all. She felt dead-ended, and she was concerned about her career. As she and I discussed the situation, she mentioned two people who had been instrumental in persuading her to accept the position. I asked what she was hearing from these two people. Nothing, she said regretfully, and if I bring it up to them, I'm going to sound like I'm a whiner or ungrateful or high-maintenance. That was when I taught Caroline the phrase, Help me understand. The phrase, help me understand, is extremely useful when it's used as a straightforward request for information. Here's how I thought Caroline could use it. I know you thought there were important skills for me to learn here. I'm afraid I might not be focusing on the right things. Help me understand what you wanted me to learn while I'm here. Like the phrases Kristen had used with Michael, help me understand casts you in the role of learner. When asked in a neutral, inquisitive manner, it takes away any sense of blame or accusation. It allows the other person to respond without defensiveness. It's certainly better than any phrase that sounds like, But you said... Caroline, always conscious of relationships and appearances, was concerned that this sort of conscious phrasing would be manipulative. I said, yes, it would indeed be manipulative if she were using it to gain advantage. 
To me, manipulation implies that I end up elevated and you end up diminished. If I get you to do something that moves me one step up while moving you one step down, that's manipulative. But the phrase, help me understand, doesn't put anyone up over anyone else. It's truly win-win. One caution. In some cases, especially with some women, the phrase, help me understand, can sound like a plea for help, and it shouldn't. I cautioned Caroline to be sure to use it without diminishment. Help me understand should sound like the last question from Sherlock Holmes, full of insight, interest, and authority. It's the inquiry of a fast-thinking professional who has spotted a gap. The important common theme in all these phrases is the responsibility the speaker takes for the success of the communication. When you speak these phrases as an equal, they model humility, remove blame, and lower barriers. They are, quite simply, very powerful ways to sound like a leader. That's today's edition of The Look and Sound of Leadership. A complete archive of our executive coaching tips can be found on the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's. Click on the Tips and Tools button. Thanks for listening.